Psalm 16. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. That's one thing, you know, churches like us, we talk about having to move the Spirit. And what's uncomfortable about that, especially if you're the minister, is not having a script. You know? Hallelujah. You know, in the church I grew up in, it was a great church, wonderful church. You had a script, though. And you knew what you were going to do. You're going to have a welcoming. You're going to have a couple of choir selections. You're going to sit down. You're going to stand up. You're going to say the Apostles' Creed. Amen. You're going to stand up and sing another hymn. The children's are going to come. The children, the pastor's going to give them a little talk. And then you're going to get a sermon. And then you're going to go home. You know, praise God. Wasn't bad. Hallelujah. But, you know, when there's a real move of the Spirit, he, He's going to be in control. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine with me. Praise God. Look at verse number 11. What a wonderful truth. Verse number 11, the psalmist said, You will show me the path of life. <laughs> Bless you. You will show me the path of life in your presence. Right? In your presence is what? Fullness. Come on, I just like that. We know what he talks about after, and that's relevant and wonderful. We need to make mention of that. But you could just stop right there. Come on, right? In His presence is fullness. Fullness. Hallelujah. Fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Fullness of joy. So if we want to know the fullness of joy in our life, right? We're talking about a joy that doesn't have anything to do with happiness. Happiness is an emotion that is invoked when good things happen. That's where we get the word happy. Its root is in happenings. And you can't have happiness if your circumstances aren't going right. But you can have joy. It's a greater force, all right? It's a spiritual force. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. But there is a location. God has ordained a location. <laughs> Amen? where we can have joy in its fullness. Amen. And thank God for the measure of joy that we have in the presence of our spouse. Right? Thank God for that. That's an enriching thing. That's a blessed thing. Thank God for the, for the fulfillment that we enjoy in the presence of our children, our family, and our best friends. Right? Amen. Our, our closest companions. But I tell you what, hallelujah, in His presence. We've got to learn to get in His presence. We've got to learn to practice the presence of God. You know what I mean by that expression? Practice the presence of God. Amen? You know, uh, we were talking in mentoring. Someone asked me a great question. He said, Pastor, you know, I don't have all the time that you have. i got these set work hours and commute times and responsibilities at homes. And that probably fits most of you, right, in, in your description. Amen? And uh, so sure, you, you may not be able to have hours at a time where you could lock yourself up and be still like, my, like I can. Uh, but I tell you what, everywhere you could be conscious of His presence. Amen? Just whatever you're doing. Amen? You're ever conscious of His indwelling presence in your life. Amen? Aren't you glad in the New Testament you don't have to go to a church to find His presence? You should have brought the presence with you. <laughs> Amen? And added added your measure of God's presence that you brought. And it, when we all get together doing that same thing, what a corporate atmosphere that's created. Hallelujah. 
instead of bringing our touchiness in and our strife in and our problems and wearing our feelings on our sleeve, we leave all that in the trunk of the car. Amen. Amen. And we just bring in a consciousness of His indwelling presence on the inside. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, where, where are you going to find out the path of life? Where's He going to show you that? Well, yeah, in His Word. You know, really, when you're fellowshipping with the Word, that's, a man, that's part of His, His presence is attached to the Word. Amen. You know, I can still fellowship with Brother Hagan, though Brother Hagan's been in heaven since 2003. When I get in his books, amen, uh, praise God, I'm fellowshipping with that man and the spirit that was on him and the revelation that he brought to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, as God's people, He wants us to experience joy all the time. Amen. Praise God. And that that joy is where we get our strength from. That's from Nehemiah, right? And that there's just such a flow of that supernatural joy that in the face of hardships, in the face of trials, we, they don't seem to get on the inside of us. They don't have their intended effect from the enemy because there's no vacancy on the inside. Jesus said, you know, the devil, he doesn't have anything in me, meaning he doesn't have a place in me. He's got no, uh, he got no room to work. I've given him no place in my life. Amen. And so he was just full of the spirit, full of love, full of divine knowledge. And you could see the fruit that he produced when, he, when a, you know, someone lives their life and they don't give any place to the devil. Amen. Amen. And we can do the same thing. Amen. We have the same spirit. We're born of the same spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Notice it goes on. It says, at your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But I like that scripture. <laughs> I like that scripture. I like that verse. Hallelujah. Come on. We know where we to get, we know where joy comes from. Praise God in his presence. In his presence. I remember a story brother Hagen told and uh, some some lady had knocked on his door in an un, in an ungodly hour, uh, meaning really early. And, and acted like she just had this, this crisis uh, time. And really what she had was not a big of a crisis. It, it didn't warrant waking him up at his residence. Yeah. You know, I have a big locked gate outside my house, so people can't do that to me. But, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. But they, uh, you know, Brother Hagin lived in parsonages. I feel for those pastors that live in parsonages that are close by the church. They're just too accessible. And, uh, anyway, and, uh, but... Uh, you know, she was, her basic question was, I, you just seem to have joy all the time. You just seem to have peace. And he said, oh, acting like, you know, and he said, she was like, how, how do you do that? And, uh, and so he just told her, he said, well, look, you've caught me in a fleshly moment. I'm kind of irritated with you right now. So he said, you just sit down in that chair and I'll show you what I do. And so it, just dry, probably with morning breath, Right? He's irritated. He's been woken up on a day off. Not for a crisis situation, but really for a stupid question. But here he is, and he's going to show her. And so, with just dry, he just began to confess the Word. Right? He just began to say things like, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. The old man is dead, and a new man now lives. <laughs> 
And he just began to talk the word. And, not, and before, as he just continued to talk the word of God and to make confessions of faith of who he is in Christ, for he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am complete in him. It says all of a sudden that anointing came on him and his whole countenance changed. He said, she said, that's it right there. Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. But see, he, he entered into that place. He entered into that. He left the flesh. He left the natural. Amen. And entered into the spirit where there's light and love and power and anointing and peace and joy. Amen. But how did he do it? He stirred it up. He stirred it up. Right? He stirred it up. Glory to God. We need to learn as Christians how to stir up what's on the inside of us. Amen. Praise God. You know, you've got divine love on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. And you've got to stir up that divine love. Right? Got to stir it up. How do I do that? Begin to talk about it. Begin to talk about it. Praise God. Talk about that. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen. Glory to God. And then begin to talk about love's attributes. Love is patient. Therefore, I am patient. Love is kind. Therefore, I am kind. Love is never rude. It's never vainglorious or boastful. And I'm not either. Love is not selfish. <laughs> right? And just talk that. Amen? Talk that. Praise God. You know, so many marriages would, become, would be healed and restored and would go to heaven. Hell and strife in their house. They could have heaven in their home and peace in their home if both of those spouses would just stir up the love of God down on the inside of them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, the next fruit of the Spirit is joy. Right? Joy. Joy. Peter called a joy. He called it joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you got to learn how to stir it up, friend. Stir it up. Well, I don't feel full of... Well, none, that's why you got to stir it up. <laughs> Amen. That's why you have to stir it up. And your tongue is the stir stick. Amen. To get active everything that God has deposited down on the inside of you. Glory to God. Father, I thank you. I am in your presence. I thank you. Joy is mine. Glory to God. Father, I thank you that God that you have said that I could ask the Father anything in the name of Jesus and he would do it that my joy might be made full. I thank you the joy of the Lord is flowing up out of me. Praise God. It is my strength. Glory to God. I'm strong to meet every demand I'm going to face today. As my day is, so shall my strength be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stir it up. Stir it up. Praise God. Praise God. You know, when you enter into God's presence, everything wrong is not allowed to follow you in. <laughs> you realize that? Everything that's wrong is not allowed. Right. You know, I've 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 been on the you know, outside where I'm mingling around an office and and I'm, I'm on my way kind of in the flow of the conversation. But someone in authority goes into someone of another authority and they shut the door behind me. And they kind of look like you're not invited to this meeting. So I'm left standing on the outside and then being in a position of authority. I've had people mingling around. And then I've had to invite designated invited people into a meeting and say, sorry, we love you, but you're not welcome in this meeting. 
Amen? Amen. Well, listen, there's only, only good things. Come on. Only, only things that are able to, to get through the fire of God, the, the power of God, the anointing of God, right? So listen, when you enter into, when you enter into the presence of the Lord and you're, you're out here, you're depressed and downtrodden and despondent and despairing and hopeless, that's all wrong stuff, right? That's all wrong. And when you come into the presence of God, God will say, you can come. But all that stuff, that stuff's not allowed in my presence. Amen. And if you'll just walk on in, that stuff will have to fall off of you. Come on. It'll just have to fall off of you because it's not allowed. God is not having it. He is too good. He is too loving. He is too great. He is too faithful. Come on. He is too happy. He is too joyful. Glory to God to let a trace of that stuff, right, come in on you. And so how do I get it off of me? How do I get all this off of me? Just enter in. Just enter in. Amen. Because you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome in His presence. You're invited. He is beckoning us into His very presence. And you really don't have to do anything. If you just go in there and stay in there long enough, the power of God and the presence of God will burn off everything that doesn't belong. Everything that doesn't fit the atmosphere of heaven will be eradicated off of your life. Hallelujah. Right? Come on. It's like Wigglesworth Summerall came in and knocked on the door to visit Wigglesworth. And he had a, he goes, what's that? And he had a, the daily newspaper under his arm. <laughs> and Wigglesworth's conviction was, that's full of lies, he said. And I don't fellowship with lies. You can come in, but you can't bring that with you. <laughs> right? In other words, only right things. Wigglesworth is only going to let right things get into his, right? Joy is approved. But despair and negativity, worry, anxiety, fear, all of that, that don't belong. That don't belong. It's, it's no access. Not going to make it through the filter. Amen. How about those symptoms? How about those physical symptoms? How about that virus? How about that bacteria? Right? How about, how about that disease? Uh-uh. God says, that don't belong here. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You know, the Bible says there's coming a day. We've been studying end time events in the uh, Sunday school class. And uh, praise God, uh, talking about in a moment, 1 Corinthians said, Paul said, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will put off immort- uh, mortality and we will put on immortality. I mean, in a moment of time, right? Praise God. You're going to go from being a mortal, a mortal being who could die, subject to death, to an immortal, can never die being, right? You just step over. See, what you're doing, though, is you're stepped over into His presence. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, death is swallowed up of life. Death is swallowed up of life. I always like that bug zapper analogy. I get a lot out of that bug zapper. You ever had one of those bug zappers, that glowing light with a mesh screen around it? Amen. And, and the way it takes care of business, man, it, it draws that little bug to the light. But when that thing comes into the presence of the light, bam, you don't belong, so you're done here. Zzz, mosquito, there it goes. There's another one bites the dust. And I like to think about all of those things that, those things that Satan has hurled against me, right? And, and all the things that, 
that are of the curse. Right? Uh, that try to get to my life. See, we've got divine life on the inside of us and we've got the power, we should have the power of God on us. And when the power of God is on you, see a wrong thing touches you. Zap. Death is swallowed up of life. Death is swallowed up of life. You know, uh, Pastor John Osteen, uh, Joel Osteen's his dad, but John Osteen founded that great church. A former Baptist got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he would make this confession. Every wrong bacteria, every cancerous cell, every virus, when it comes in contact with my body, it dies instantly. Because of divine life. Eternal life. You know, a lot of people have this wrong understanding of what eternal life is. Religion paints the picture that eternal life is a, a, an access card. An access card. It's a ticket. And, and you just put that ticket in your pocket and you pull it out when you get to St. Peter's Gate. And that's going to be the thing that gets you into heaven is eternal life. No, it's not a ticket. It's not a ticket you redeem. It's not a coupon to get into heaven. No, eternal life is the very life and nature of God, the very substance that makes God God is imparted to your spirit at the new birth. You know, we have the benefit of all these wonderful movies with all the high tech, and if, if you could just picture the emanating eternal energy of the life of God, and if you could reach into that and keep your fingers and get you a handful of it and swallow it, and imagine that divine life emanating through every cell and fiber and system of your being. Well, listen, when you got born again, that's exactly what happened. Divine life was imparted to your spirit. Well, how come it's just, well, because you got to know it and you got to believe it and you have to stir it up. Right? You have to stir it up. Praise God. You know, uh, those of us that are familiar with Brother Hagin's ministry marvel at his memory. Uh, and as in his preaching, he'll tell you what happened in, you know, on a Thursday. October 15, 1937 was a Thursday and on such and such street and such and such name and, and just go like that. And, and he said in school uh, that uh, he, he could scan the history book and he could get up and recite the chapter. But he said before he got born again, he was, a very, he was doing good to be a C student. That wasn't that natural photographic memory gift. He said he learned how to live out of his spirit. He learned how to yield to divine life. And when he was in the spirit, he could do that. But he said, if you caught me on the street and asked me to repeat where I said what happened and what day, he said, I can't tell you that out of my head. I can't recall that. I'm I'm giving that out of my spirit. I'm just telling you, we've got to learn how to tap into the zoe of God, the life of God. Amen. And one of those things we need the most today is joy. Joy, 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 hallelujah, joy. Where is it at? Well, it's in us, but His presence, His presence, in His presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. In His presence, there's something else. Pleasures evermore. Pleasures evermore. That ought to change, you know, if you get a revelation in that, it ought to change how you approach your prayer life. 
So many Christians, they approach their prayer life from the natural standpoint, from the fleshly standpoint. And so when you do that, your approach to prayer is, well, come on, that's not how we ought to approach a chance to communicate with and commune with, right? Our Heavenly Father and this source of joy and divine life, it ought to be a thrill. It ought to be a thrill. Really, it's an indictment against us. And our God is so gracious and kind to us. He knows we just are dirt and dust and we don't really get it like we should. Right? But when we're more interested in the ding on our cell phone, then we are communing with Him and His Word. And the moment that thing goes off, we're, oh, because we're more interested in that than we are our communion with the Word and divine life. Come on, that tells, I'm preaching to myself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Just trying to figure it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, go to uh, Romans chapter 12. And let's, let's look at a verse here and then we'll think about closing. Maybe. Praise God. Thank you, Father. You know, God is endeavoring. God's plan for every believer, for every human, let me back that up, for every human being, is that they be born again. That they be born again. That they they come out from underneath Satan's dominion. They come out from underneath uh, being spiritually dead. And they, 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 they have the reception of divine life, right? And now the thing that makes God God is now living on the inside. And it's not a ticket that gets you into heaven. It's divine life down on the inside that God recognizes. It's that newly born again created spirit. Amen? And listen, that is a, a work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of every human spirit. We're born of the spirit. And so there is, there ought to be, when someone gets saved, there ought to be a definite change. Oh yeah, they've got habits to break off, you know. They've got fleshly thinking, they're going to have to get their mind renewed. Things like that. But I tell you what, down on the inside, there ought to be a definite change. Amen. And if there's not a definite change of heart and desire, amen, then you ought to check up on yourself. Amen. But now that that person is born again, it is the plan of God that that new child of God would be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with power, to be endued with power from on high. Glory to God. To be clothed with the anointing. (laughs) Amen. And with that, we have found in studying our Bibles that there is a sign that comes along with that, which is praying in other tongues. Amen. And it's got its own set of benefits and its own relevance and its own wonderful thing. Amen. But here, no. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Romans 12. Hallelujah. You know, many of us in this room have already had that initial experience of being filled with the Spirit. 
Well, so then what's the next step? If, if A is get born again, okay, check mark. Now B is get filled or empowered, endued with the Spirit from on high. I've got power now. I've got, a, I've got the Holy Ghost on the inside, but now I've got a greater dimension of power and anointing on me. Right? What's next? Well, the next step, I would say, is begin the process of getting your mind renewed. Amen? And begin to practice putting your flesh down. Because another thing that God wants from every single individual believer, He wants them born again, filled with the Spirit. He wants their mind renewed, and He wants their flesh crucified. Now that's the recipe to be used of God mightily in your time, in your day. It's also the recipe to keep Satan at bay in your, where you get to walk in blessing and victory in your life. Amen? You know, if you let your flesh run the show... Your flesh will destroy you. If you let your flesh have what it wants and be impulsive, right? You'll sleep with anything. You'll drink down anything. You'll eat anything. Your flesh will take you places. It'll absolutely destroy your life, disqualify you from your call. You know what I mean? So we cannot allow our flesh. Our flesh was not touched by the new birth. So we have to make it. We have to make it. Pray. We have to make it not sin. We have to make it eat the right thing and not the wrong thing. You know what I mean? And God expects this of us. Now being born again, that happens in a moment. And and receiving the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost, that happens in a moment. But renewing your mind will take you the rest of your life. It will take you the rest of your life. Every day you should be doing something to renew your mind and to keep it that way. Because if you stop, you'll go back. If you stop, you'll revert back. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you have to stay at it. And you have to constantly remind your flesh, you're dead. And I rule you, you're not in charge of me. Amen. In Romans chapter 12, let me find this particular verse. Because again, I wasn't necessarily planning on going to any of these places. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Where's it at? Be fervent in spirit. There it is. Verse 11. Let's read verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Notice I got my new King James with me. Fervent in spirit. So here Paul is giving us a list of instructions of things that he wants us to be, how he wants us to live. And he says here, be fervent in spirit. Amen? Be fervent. What would that mean? Be fervent. Well, one translation says, be aglow and burning. Be aglow and burning with the spirit. I like that. The Moffat's translation is my favorite, and it says, maintain the glow. Maintain the glow (laughs) of the power of God, of the Spirit. So notice there is a maintenance to the Spirit-filled life. Amen? Well, how about having a, a, a habit of going into the presence of God, practicing the presence of God, experiencing the joy, the fullness of His joy, 
the pleasures evermore. Amen? And never really coming out of His presence, but just living there. Conduct daily business from that place of being aware of God's presence. It doesn't mean that you're not, uh, you know, down to earth. It doesn't mean that you're not relatable. You know, that you got this t- weird look in your eye all the time, you know. You know, I, you see me, I was fellowshipping out with you in the law and enjoying that. I'm just normal, right? Amen. But constantly aware and could just readily step over into that anointing whenever I need to. Amen. And so there is a maintaining of the Spirit-filled life. Very, uh, don't, you don't have to go there. In Ephesians 5.17, uh, praise God, where it says, be being filled with the Spirit. We read that last week, I think. I like the Jordan translation says, tank up on the Spirit. <laughs> tank up on the Spirit. I mean, Brett, when I think about tank up, I don't mean thinking about, you know, get me a little cap full. I mean, tank up. You know, these, some of these farmers around here, they know how to tank up. They got their own tanks out there. I mean, massive tanks. They're not gonna have, they got a millennium's worth of fuel out there or whatever. Tank up. Don't get a little bit, but tank up. Amen. The Weymouth translation says, drink deeply. Drink deeply of God's Spirit. And I like the Amplified says, be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Ghost. So think about those two phrases. Be fervent in spirit. Maintain the glow. Be a glow and burning. Tank up on the Spirit. Drink deeply of the Spirit. Let's leave with a thought maybe. Pastor Chris, what does that look like? What does that look like? Amen? Well, it looks like several things. You know, we got into that flow, praise God, uh, in worship and praise. See, you're drinking deeply of the Spirit in song, in worship, in praise to God. Remember, Pastor Nancy has been quoting, I don't know who said it originally, but praise brings the anointing, right? Praise brings the anointing. We praised, we praised well enough, we praised long enough, it brought the anointing. God inhabits the praises of His people. Amen. And everything He is of the Spirit, the Father is that, Jesus is that. And so I tell you what, you could just praise and worship God and you're tanking up on His presence. And I tell you what, the anointing's going to fall. And it's, what does the anointing do? It removes burdens. It destroys yokes. In other words, I've come into a place, I've come into an atmosphere where wrong things can't stay. Wrong things can't stay. Hallelujah. A lot of people that go into their therapist's office, they go out with the same problem. And they brought in the problem and they, did, they didn't leave, they left with it. They left with the same baggage, they left with the same problems. But I tell you what, if you'll bring your problems and you bring your stuff into the presence of God, amen, that anointing will break all that off. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you what, one of the ways you maintain the glow, and this may just sound so simple, you stumble over it, and that is... Talk to the Father. Just talk to Him. Talk. Do you talk to Him? Some of you, you don't talk. You, you may pray a prayer every now and then, but do you just talk to Him? You know, you can't have a relationship with anyone you don't talk to. Right? Amen. Praise God. I talk to God all the time. I talk to God. Smith Wigglesworth said, I have made it my habit when I'm alone. If I'm alone, you'll find me talking to God. 
I've made it a habit of talking to God all the time. He said, that's why I'm ever ready. That's why I have revival everywhere I go. God keeps me ready. I just read an account today I'd read before about him being on a train. And uh, in this instance, uh, he was disturbed by the countenance of an elderly lady sitting somewhat far over on this train car from him. And, and he knew she was troubled, so he leaned over. There wasn't that many people on the train right then. And he said, dear, something to the effect of what troubles you? I can tell what's trouble you. And she said, well, you know, I wanted to go to my grave hole, but I'm on the way to the hospital because gangrene's got a hold of my legs and I'm on the way to the hospital. They're going to cut them off. And I really don't want to live these years without my legs. Who would? About that time, the train made a stop. And all these construction guys or you know, workers got on and now it's crowded and less conducive to conversation. And uh, so the devil was saying, ha, 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 you're not getting a miracle now. Well, anyway, he worked it around, pushed those guys around. And uh, he said, well, I got to tell you, Jesus is a healer. And she goes, he is. And she go, he goes, yeah, he really is. And she said, well, pray for me then. And he laid his hands on those gangrene-filled legs. And she, you know, leaped up, began walking. Her daughter was with her, taking her to the hospital. She got off that stop, wasn't even her stop. And the daughter goes, where are you going? She goes, I'm leaving. I'm going home. I'm healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But see, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. So many of the miracles that God did in His life were not in the church house. They were not in the church house. we got to get out of this little box that we've been in. That the gifts of the Spirit can only work through ministers and only in a prayer line, only in the four walls of the church. No, no, no. They're for you. Praise God. They're for you to use to advertise Jesus. But see, my point was he was talking to God all the time. So he's sensitive. He's aware. He's stirred up about who his God is, who his Father is, how good he is. And when he's stirred about a person's situation, he just knows. I mean, how many stories have some of us read and quoted about Wigglesworth and miracles on the train car? Hallelujah. But see, there's just a way to maintain the glow. To maintain your spiritual edge is, is talk to God all the time. And not in a religious tone. You know, very little of what I do is talking to God in Scripture. I talk to God in Okie talk, Kentucky talk, frustrated talk, plain talk. I just talk to God. I don't put on airs. I don't put on some sort of religious tone. I say, Father... God will tell me something and I'll go, Father. Right. I'm, now, I shouldn't do that. But sometimes he'll shock me with the things he wants me to do. Father. I really don't want to do that. Right? Amen. So talk to Father. We talked about worshiping God. Amen. But how about this one? Right? Glory to God. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost, amen, is such a vital key to sharpening your spiritual edge, right? Amen. And keeping the tangibility of God's power and God's presence uh, going all the time. You know, uh, this week, um, one of the days, Rex and I went out to, the, uh, to a property we have for sale and we're doing some added maintenance and sprucing up and whatever we're doing and 
We were listening to the radio a little bit, not long. And I went to turn the key over and, oh, man, it's dead. Well, I just thought, well, that's, that is weird because we didn't listen to the radio very long. That's a big truck, got a big battery in it. So we went and jumped it, and I didn't think anything about it. Well, sure enough, we got here today. I hadn't, I, I'd been running it, stopped it, turned the key out. But I, when I went to start up, it went wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, you know, I just knew I, I need a battery. Yeah. That cell is dying. Well, see, you know when you go, want, 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 listen, Come on, if that's a description of your spiritual life right now, you know, you turn the key and it goes, and you know, out there it goes, and I'm like, oh, please, please, come on. And it it did, it goes, okay. And that's where most people, that's how they're getting up every day. You know, their spiritual engine's like, oh, honey, would you pray today? You know, I need a jump. Most husbands need a jump. You know, they need a jump from their wife spiritually because they don't pray at all. Amen. Man, so we went and we put a new battery in that would hold a charge, you know, that's on the cutting edge. It's full. It's full of power. You stick it. Man, it makes a difference. Right? Amen. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. That's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 or 3. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, he edifies himself. One translation says he improves himself. Think about that. You can improve yourself. I don't have time now, but that's what I was going to do is just talk to you about how the baptism with the Holy Spirit has changed me. Just changed my life. Changed who I am. Changed my character. Changed, you know, praise God. Uh, Wigglesworth called the baptism with the Holy Ghost the changing. The changing. Because when you get it, amen, when, you, when you're baptized, you're changed. You're changed. But uh, uh, Greek scholars tell us that that word edify, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, that until recent times, in terms of thinking about the King James translators, they really didn't have a good physical analogy they didn't have batteries back then they didn't have things that store power but the greek word that's used there is to charge like as with a battery that's the that's the the most pronounced dominant meaning of the greek word that is translated edify so think about that he that speaks or she that speaks in an unknown tongue hallelujah charges themselves up like a battery. So do you see how when Paul says maintain the glow, he's saying pray in tongues, pray in the Holy Ghost. And Paul was like that. Everywhere he went, he was ready. Everywhere he went, he had, he had that anointing on him for miracles, for preaching, for teaching, right? For casting out devils. He didn't have to say, okay, now y'all leave me alone for three hours. I got to get, you know. No, he just lived that way. But it says about him, I pray in tongues more than ye all. And the Amplified says, more than you all put together. Put together. Now those Corinthians were tongue talkers because Paul actually had to tell them in service how to simmer down on tongues. That's about all they're doing. So it's not like they were occasional tongue talkers. And Paul told them, listen, I speak in tongues more than all of you put together. You know what that tells me? But as Paul's getting his slippers on in the morning, he's talking in tongues. While he's going to the coffee pot, he's talking in tongues. While he's taking a shower, right? 
Amen. While he's walking to the synagogue, he's talking in tongues. Hallelujah. He's maintaining the glow. Praise God. Praise God. Mashtakande. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for that divine ability. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Father, you're wanting us to live full. Glory to God, full of the Spirit. People who are maintaining the glow. People who are tanked up on the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God, I just, I know you've ministered to us so, in so many wonderful ways tonight. But God, as we close, I just pray that you'd stir up a Stir up an unction on the inside of us. Oh, Father God, that we would not neglect this wonderful gift we have. Glory to God. Glory to God. With every cell phone I've bought, they don't just give me a phone. They give me the means by which I can charge it. And God, you gave me a spirit. You gave me divine life. You gave me eternal life when I got born again. And then you empowered me with an anointing when I got spirit filled. And then, now, But God, see, you've given us the means to stay charged up. And that's speaking with other tongues. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, let's just speak in that tongue if you got one. Praise God. If you don't, just listen. You're born again. He's on the inside of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. There'll become an upwelling of utterance. Yes, Father. Thank you for charging these batteries tonight. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Mastonga bata, mastonga ba, iste de, nongo stada, meste de de ende, oro staba, o da bahastenge, minga astekibe, o staka, o staka, o staka, isteke, mastokode, mastokode de 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 besteke, mostokosta ma sorobosteke, miste de de andoko. Mastanganda, Ostekede, Mastundaba, Asturebe, Masturebe, Masturebebeste. God, we pray for the body of Christ. That God, that there would come a fresh light to the body of Christ. Glory to God, to our brothers and sisters in the mainline denominations. Father God, what you did before, you must do again. You said that, Father, what uh, you did in the past, that God, it will be done again in the future. Glory to God. And so, Father God, we thank You that, Father, as the church was born, as that first wave of revival was initiated, You filled believers' hungry hearts with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke with other tongues. And so, Lord, we thank You, God, in our Baptist churches, in our Presbyterian churches, in Methodist churches. Glory to God. God, the Catholic churches, the Episcopalians and the Lutherans. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, thank you for pouring out your spirit. <laughs> Glory to God on the Methodists. Glory to God on these, on these modern churches. Glory to God. Father, we're not against them. We're for them. 
We're a family. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. But God, for this giant to wake up and stand up in the earth. Oh, we need power. Glory to God. Takes power to do it. And so I thank you, Father, for giving them light, giving them revelation. God, you did it for me. You did it for me. You've did it. You've did it, done it, excuse me, for so many. So many. So many. Glory to God that churches like this one was formed. <laughs> Glory to God. And we just so thank you for that revival. Glory to God of people being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. We need it, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. My, 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 my. My, 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 my. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you. 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 Thank you for filling our children with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for filling all of our young people with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, you could stand up on your feet. Praise God. You know, I remember a time 